Well, we're starting a new series, and uh, I'm excited about it. It's a seven-week series, but it'll get interrupted a few times for for the special days coming up, but eventually we'll get through it. And uh, as you can see from my prop here, we're going to be talking about luggage. (laughs) We're going to talk about traveling light. Uh, The name of our church is Journey, but some of us are trying to get through this journey, and to be honest with you, some of you look like pack mules. It's time to get rid of some things. You know, as pastors, so many times we ask people, do you need anything? How many times have you ever asked somebody, do you need anything? And, of course, there are some people that are very needy, and they'll just give you a written list. They're ready for you. But that's kind of rare. Most people just say, no, I don't need a thing. But as pastors, so many times I'm thinking, no, I know you do. I know you do. You know what? Let me, by the way, let me just give you a word. Instead of asking people, what do you need? Why don't you just figure it out and do it? Just, just take care of them. Because more, more often than not, they're going to be polite and say, I, I don't need a thing. But you kind of know what they need. Why don't, why don't you just do it? You say, I'll tell you what. I'm going to send a meal over. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go visit so-and-so for you. Or I'll tell you what. I'm going to really be praying about this. Or whatever it might be. I think we should, you know, people who say they don't need a thing, maybe we should just, just go ahead and take care of them anyway. But, but wouldn't it be amazing if we got to the place in life where we actually don't need anything? What? Is that possible? I mean, when we need something, we need it. And we just, got, we just get focused on our need. And the thing about it is, once we get it, we're happy till the new smell wears off. We buy that new piece of clothing or that new uh, technical gizmo or whatever, the new newfangled thing. And, man, we just love it for a while, and then, then the next thing comes out. Before you know it, we, we need something else. And we really need it. We don't just want it. We think we really need it. How many are listening to me? Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 and 12. He says, not, uh, not that I speak in regard to need. Paul says, listen, I, I'm not emphasizing my needs. For I have, watch this, learned. I can't lay hands on you and change your expectations. I can't lay hands on you and you suddenly become content. I've never seen, I never laid hands on somebody and they go, well, sometimes they do. They fall out. But I, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. He, wow, you could learn that? I, I know how to be abased, and I, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. Wow. Come on, Paul. And how many know Paul's been through some stuff? I go through a list of things. That, and none of us have been through any of the stuff on his list. But I've learned to be abased. I've learned how to abound everywhere in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry. You know, even in the spiritual sense, we need to learn how to be content with where we are spiritually, but at the same time, hungry for more. See, some people get hungry for more and they get weird about it. So on the one hand, I'm content where I am, but something else within me always wants more. That's, that's weird. Yeah, I'm kind of like that. But you could do that. I've learned both to abound and to suffer need. I, I can be happy either way. Wow, I wonder what it would take to make some of us happy. I mean, right now, what would it take to make you happy? But like I said earlier, I wonder if you got what you want, would you really be happy very long the thing about the food industry today is I'm convinced they put stuff in there that's addictive. They must. 
Because sometimes I just have a craze and cra- oh, craving for a ho-ho. I got to have one. You'll think about that ho-ho for two hours. And it takes like 30 seconds. Then you're like, well, that's done. Bet you can't eat one. (laughs) There's something in that food that makes you want to have even more, amen, and your endorphins. And we can go through all the science of that, but there really is. But those things really aren't going to make you happy. They don't really satisfy. Come on. So I want to talk about traveling light, which means you have to put your burden down. And some people, if you don't put your burden down, that's going to be the result. What, y'all don't get it? It's broken. Lord, when I first saw this, I laughed hysterically. (laughs) We need to get rid of some burdens. Because as it says in Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 30, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Not to the bank. Not to the counselor. Nothing wrong with those things. But listen, ultimately, we need to go to him. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Not the things you think will. I will. Why? Because my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give, he does give you a burden, but it won't break the pew. The burden I give you is light. Listen, I, I don't know how many here, you're, the, you're like me, you're challenged to travel as light as possible. Let me see your hands. You're, you're, let me see your hands. You're not too many. Okay. How many of you are the type, you're, you're like, how much can I take? I, I need to make sure I got everything I need. Yeah, yeah you kind of outnumber us. Yeah, yeah. Some of you are grabbing your wife's hands and raising them. The reason their wife couldn't raise her hand because she had too much in her purse. A- anyway, moving on. Now, you know, you know if you've ever traveled with us, Gloria and I are polar opposites. I will spend hours just thinking about how little I could get by with. It's a challenge, you know? You know, us guys, we, we love to have a challenge. Like, you know, how, like when you're traveling, like how fast you can get from here to here and see if you could break the record, right? <laughs> no, we're not stopping for bathroom breaks. I almost got this thing broke. Let me know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking every day, and I'll wear this, and I'll wear that, and I'll, I'll take care of this, and I really don't need this, and, and I, I could think, no, I don't need that, and I don't need this, and I don't need that. And, and, and Gloria's like, how much can I take? She's like, do I need this? It's like, the, is there any chance I would need this? And, and we make fun of people like that, except people like us, when we get on the trip, and realize there's something we need, we're like, uh, honey, did you bring a... Say with me those, those very, very important words. You never know. You never know. You might need it. So, so we got people that pack everything they can and people who travel light. I heard about this jogger, and he was one of these people who liked to go heavy, and he decided he would start jogging. And he looked out, and he says, well, uh, you know, it's it's sunny out, but it's a little cool. It doesn't look like it's going to rain, but they said it might rain, so I'm not sure what to do. So he packed a jacket and a sweater, and, and then he says, you know, I, I got to take my phone along in case there's an emergency, and and, then, and that was back in the days with cassette tape, so he, he had his little, uh, what was that thing used to be called, uh, a Walkman, you know, uh, not the, you know, some of them had the big ones. Remember those days? <laughs> 
And uh, so he said, but I don't know if, you know, I, might, I don't know if I want to listen to a sermon or a song. So he brought two, two cassette tapes. And, and uh, he says, you know, uh, he brought some water because you got to have water. And then he said, well, I might run out of water. So he got his little change pouch out and put that in his mouth. And, and he just had all this, all this stuff. And he said, you know, then there's that dog down that block down there. So he brought some mace. And, and he's got all this stuff. And he, he said, I'm going to do three miles. I'm going to run. And he got about two blocks. And he, his pockets are full. And he, things are just jangling everywhere and he's got two jackets and he's got all this stuff and finally he takes one of the sweaters off and hid it in a bush he said I'll come back for it later and and uh and he's just going through and and instead of a three mile run he made it about three blocks and gave up just too much stuff sometimes we're so prepared that we're really not prepared because to be prepared for the kind of race Jesus is calling us to does not mm, thank you holy ghost this race does not require a whole lot from you. You just need to carry what he gives you. You don't need, I mean, I believe in planning and all that. But listen, there's a whole lot you really don't need. I remember when Jesus sent them out and he said, don't take, a, don't take an extra coat. Don't take this. Don't, don't take a sword. Don't, you know, don't, just, just go and depend on me. Wow. Before our next cruise, I'm going to play this tape again and We'll see what happens. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, and I really want to read this from the message. Uh, do, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, right? It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. I love this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I've got an old book. It's, it's from the previous century. It's about that thick. I don't know, it's about three or 400 uh, pages. And the title of it is Looking Unto Jesus. And the whole book's about that, those three words. Who both began and finished this race that we are now in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Oh, my God. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Jesus, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Why do we keep our eyes on Jesus? Because he's at the finish line showing us the way how to get there. Can I get an amen? Uh, I know this is a little inter introductory, but hang on. Because like, here's the thing. I think every morning most of us get up and go to the baggage carousel. Y'all know about the carousel at the airports, right? You sit there and wait for your bags, wait for your bags, and pull them off, pull them off, pull them off, right? And every morning we get up, and instead of just thanking God for the day, we pick up our bags, and we just go through the, go through the day. Look at all these bags. By the way, this is nothing. I'm not impressed with this at all. <laughs> we just go through the day with all of our bags. You know, sometimes I watch these people at the carousel, and every once in a while I see this little seven- or eight-year-old, and he's going to help Dad. And that big bag comes over, and he says, that's ours. And I see this little kid <laughs> trying to pull this big bag off the carousel, and instead of pulling it off, it's dragging him down. <laughs> and guess what happens? Dad steps in and says, let me get this one. Huh. The Spirit of the living God 
There is a word for somebody here. Get off the spiritual carousel. Those bags are too heavy. They're too large. They're too much for you. And hear this if you can hear it. That's not your bag. It's his bag. Amen. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. It's his bag. Here, son. Here, son. Let me get the bag. Oh, wow, wow, wow. So where are we going with this? We're going, believe it or not, to the 23rd Psalm. I'm going to talk about seven declarations in the 23rd Psalm, only one today. And we all know the 23rd Psalm. You probably have a plaque at home with the 23rd Psalm. Every time you go to a funeral, someone's like, the Lord is my shepherd. Here we go, right? Every place you go, you hear it. People sing about it. I mean, everybody knows the 23rd Psalm. He said, preacher, you're going to preach about that. We know all about that. I don't know if you know about the stuff I'm going to preach. So hang on. You with me? Let's look at the first two words, the Lord. Oh, that'll preach. The Lord. The name here is Yahweh. Yahweh is the I am that I am. <laughs> Glory to God. We see this in Exodus chapter 6 where, where God uh, uh, appeared to Moses and said, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am. Moses said, who, sh- who am I going to tell Pharaoh uh, that sent, you know, who sent me? What's your name? What am I supposed to say? You know, we have the same question today. Who do we represent? Who do we say sent us? Who do we, oh, my God, if we're witnessing to somebody, if we're talking to somebody, who do we represent? What are we talking about here? Amen. He said, just tell them I am. I am that I am. I'm the cause. I'm the beginning. I am all that you need. I am. You fin- You finish it. You finish it. I am. Finish it. I am. Finish the blank. Fill in the blank. Amen. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. It kind of reminds me of when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the soldiers came and they said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. But I don't think he just said, I am. I think he kind of did a Yahweh on them. Because the Bible said all the soldiers fell back. It's the first instance of people falling out in the spirit. Y'all really aren't with it this morning. Are you? Look, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, three generations, as God Almighty. I appeared to them as El Shaddai. I am the Almighty One. But God said, I'm going beyond power. I just am everything. It's a name. That name got to be so holy, the Jews, when they, every time they would write Yahweh, and by the way, they couldn't write it the way it was spelled because that was against the law. So they had to shorten it to Adonai. But anyway, they would, every time they wrote the word Yahweh, they had to go take a bath. They had to go take a bath, and the pen that they wrote with, they had to throw it away. That name was sacred. I am that I am. They couldn't even speak it in public. But now we can talk about Yahweh. He said, my name's been revealed. It's no secret anymore. I've revealed myself to the church, and I am that I am is on the throne of glory. Aren't you glad you can talk to the great I am? Abraham didn't know me like that. Wow. Oh, I have a word for some of you. Some of you don't know him like that. The God you're serving is some mean God with a hammer up there on the throne judging you and angry with you. Come on, let's get beyond that. Oh, Jesus. You're still here. You're still here. You're still here. I am. I am. I am. You know, he's not, he's not like the Philistine God. Remember Dagon? Remember Dagon? He was half fish, half man. Why? By the way, why worship a fish? Maybe if you're a fisherman. <laughs> that can be idolatry. Hello. Oh, help us, Lord. Dagon. <laughs> They brought in the Ark of the Covenant because they stole it, right? 
They brought in the Ark of the Covenant and, in the, and kept it in there in the temple with old Dagon, the fish god. In the morning, old Dagon had fallen over, put him back up. Next morning, old Dagon had fallen over again. This, this time it broke, broke his hands off, his hands. Hands are supposed to help people. The hands got broke off. He's fallen. I don't know about you, but I am not going to serve a God I have to pick up every morning. Hello? Amen. They would get every morning, old Dagon would be falling over. And I just, oh, I just can't help it. They said, oh, Dagon, it. <laughs> Frank's just getting it. Frank's just getting it. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> you know, our, our God's not like the Wizard of Oz. Oh, the great Wizard of Oz. It's just some weirdo behind a curtain. Some people are serving a God that's all smoke and mirrors. Aren't you glad we're serving Yahweh? Aren't you glad we're serving El Shaddai? Aren't you? My God, my God. No one needs a God that just adds burdens to our life. Now, we don't, we don't have a Dagon we worship, but you listen to me. Some people have all kinds of religious rules to live by. God didn't come to burden us down with more rules. Those rules aren't going to get you to heaven. Oh, good, preacher. We don't have any rules. I can lift any old, I can live any. No, remember what we've been saying, forsaking all others. You don't do it because you have to. If you're doing it because you have to, red flags on your marriage. That means that she's not really the love of your life. Once Jesus becomes the love of your life, you no longer need rules because you have no desire to break the rules. Love covers a multitude of sins. The fruit of the Spirit fulfills the law. In other words, you don't need law when you don't want to break the law. That's what we need. We need a love in our life that oversees anything else that takes us away from God. Oh, i got to hurry up. You still here? The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. Isaiah 53, 6 talks about my shepherd. We all like sheep. Now, whether you like it or not, he's calling us sheep. Have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Because sheep are so dumb. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. A sheep. Nobody notices sheep. Have you ever seen a, she- a, a, a sheep do tricks? Here's my pet sheep. You know, roll over, beg, yeah. shake hands. Yeah. You know, there was never a sheep in P.T. Barnum's circus. Okay, <laughs> sheep's sheep and sheep's sheep are dumb animals. <laughs> they're they're also defenseless animals. Sheep are never known as aggressive. They really can't take care of themselves. You know, every every football team, basketball team, baseball team, they all got mascots. They've never had a sheep as a mascot. A ram, maybe. Hello, L.A. But they've never, had, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't bring a sheep and say, this is our mascot. Go shepherds. You know, it's like, nah. Because they're not aggressive animals. Nobody wants to be identified with a sheep. Let me give you one more thing. Sheep are dirty. Dogs and cats can clean themselves. A lot of animals can clean themselves. Sheep are absolutely clueless. If the shepherd doesn't comb them out and get the bugs out of them and wash them up, they are just nasty creatures. They are to- Listen, nobody notices or cares about a sheep. You're never going to see a sheep superhero with a cape. He's never going to be, you know, an American hero. Da, 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 you know, no. And it will be a wool coat besides. <laughs> it's already got one, right? No, we're never going to see that. I want you to hear something. Nobody notices a sheep except the shepherd. And he watches that sheep 24-7. 
Aren't you glad we're serving a God that though we are defenseless and we can't even clean up ourselves to get to heaven and we're just and we just keep doing stupid things. Can't even get a witness. I said we keep doing stupid things. There is a witness. There is a witness. Okay, now the liars can raise their hands. <clears throat> Come on and join us. Even though we are just dumb sheep, he never takes his eyes off us. He cares for us. He waters us. He feeds us. He cleans us. He taught my sheep know my voice. My God, sheep. Nobody notices a sheep except the shepherd. And then he says, I shall not want. I shall not. He didn't say I don't want. I said I choose not to. I am not going to want. I'm going to learn to be content. I shall not want. I am not going to get stressed out. If this doesn't happen, if this doesn't work out, I'm okay. If God heals me, I'm blessed. If he doesn't, I'm blessed. If if it takes a week, I'm blessed. If a day, I'm blessed. If it takes a year, I'm still blessed. None of that matters. What I'm going through doesn't matter. Amen. I'm okay. It is well with my soul. Even though everybody else says you're crazy and this, this is not possible. You can't possibly be happy with what's going on in your life. No, no, no. I, I, listen, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, he's my shepherd, amen. I shall not want, amen. How is that possible? Go back to the previous four words. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Discontent is a burden. Discontent is a prison. When you've got to have it, you can't be happy without it. And I've said before, when you do get it, you're only happy for 30 minutes. It's deceiving. This entire consumer-based society that we're living in, they're constantly feeding you the line. You've got to have this. They create situations. You gotta have this. You don't have this. Everybody's talking about you. But mom, everybody, but it's on the TV nonstop. And now it's filtered into the church. And we don't have disciples anymore. We have consumers. Oh, did I just turn left and you went right? What happened? Churches now are becoming consumer oriented. Just give me what I need. Who's here to serve? Who's here to be a disciple? And listen, we're going to be talking about this because God's up to some. This fall, I'm just going to say it right now because it's been a, a prophetic word in me. This fall, there's going to be a mobilization. Well, Lord, I gave him the word, no response. All right. There's going to be a mobilization. That's all I'm going to tell you. God is up to something. Amen. Listen, it's liberating to get to the point where you can travel light. Travel light. Several things here. Four things, real quick. You still with me? Number one, we realize that it's not ours to carry. I already mentioned that to you. Listen, when John D. Rockefeller, right, richest man of his generation, by far, when he died, his accountant was adding everything up, and somebody in the family asked the accountant, how much did he leave? You want to know? Here's what the accountant said, all of it. When you die, you're going to leave all of it. All that stuff you needed to be happy, and yet when you get to heaven, you're not going to have it, and you'll be happy. Whatever happened to heaven on earth? I think the problem is that somebody is loading us up with stuff, even preachers sometimes, and we need to put out the do not accept. Push the button. 
do not accept. Number two, we will have more energy for the journey if we lay it down, if we lay it down. One of our first major trips that Gloria and I took years ago, we were invited to uh, a conference. It was all paid for and uh, just tremendous on education and stuff and for, within the Church of God. We were invited to go, all our expenses paid, but we weren't really experienced much on, much on traveling. And after the conference, we were going to go get on a train and, and go into, uh, it, from Stuttgart over to Strasbourg because that's where my family came from. And I wanted to go through the old books and actually see my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's signature. You know, the, so I, I wanted to do that. So we were going to spend a few extra days there. So we did, back then, you could take as much as you wanted to with the airlines. Nowadays, they restrict it, you know. And that's, and that's because I actually prayed that prayer. And I prayed and changed the airline industry. If you can only check two bags, God answers prayer. But we didn't know that back then. So we, we each had like four or five bags, two large bags and about three carry-ons. I mean, I mean large bags. In other words, we each had somewhere between eight and ten bags total. We had more bags than you could carry in one trip, which, which that was fine. We, we got off, you know, we had a, a cart, right? Huge cart. What are you, staying a month? What is it? And, and it was fine for the conference, but then we were going to get on the train. And people in Europe don't think like Americans. And those trains in Germany are like, boom, boom, boom. you got like 30 seconds to get on that train, and it's pulling out. Very efficient. And there's nobody on those trains with a lot of luggage. There's no place to put luggage. It's like a moving bus, you know. It's like this little thing up there. And we got four bags bigger than that one. Back then, you could carry 70 pounds instead of 50. And I had more muscle then, obviously. And we had four of those big bags plus all the extra bags. And here we are with all this luggage. The train stops. The conductor looks at us like we were Martians from another world. And he's like, what? And so we're literally just throwing these bags. Because you have to make two trips <laughs> to get bags. So we're throwing these bags out. We get on there, and everyone else has these little satchels. And we're, we look like we're, we're moving <laughs> everything we own. And there's no place to put the bags, and we're sitting on them. They're everywhere. And then you got you got to change trains, and we have 30 seconds to get all those bags off. And finally, I looked at Gloria, and I said, if you ever do this again. And you all knew that was effective. Again, thank God for the airline rules. Every time we go on a trip, Gloria says, I'll do better next time. It's wishful thinking because you never know. But you know what? It, it, it completely wore us out to the point where, you know, we had no energy, hauling stuff in life, emotional baggage. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get you out of depression. We're going to get you out of hopelessness. We're going to get you out of anxieties. We're going to get you out of your fears. That's the kind of baggage I'm talking about. How many want to keep coming these seven weeks? We're going to get you out. We're going to drop some bags because hauling that stuff is wearing you out. Number three, real quick, we're going to have more joy, more joy. I bless my wife's heart, but sometimes I just look at it and I said, Gloria, this takes all the joy out of the trip, just dealing with all this stuff. And you can only bring two carry-ons, and she's got four, so she finds a way to put the carry-ons in the carry-ons. So they're not zipped up, and there's a bag hanging out of a bag. And somehow she gets away with it. You know, they just let her on there. See how she prays. Her prayers are answered. We're praying against each other. It's weird. 
But I said, Glory, this takes all the joy. You know, every once in a while I get to go somewhere by myself. You see me. You know when I'm alone in the airport. I got this big old smile. I got one little roller bag. I mean little. And a little briefcase on top. And I'm just, I'm just strutting through the airport like the plane lands. I'm out of here, man. This is great. It's no like, you think they'll see us? How can I hide this? Can I put this bag in your bag? And how many of you have traveled with Gloria? And you're the kind of person that travels light. Gloria knows it. So she finds a, can you take my bag? I got one too many. Like you couldn't count. How many love Gloria? How, how many of you needed something and Gloria found it for you? Weirdest things. Weirdest things. I got it. I got it. I got it. And if she doesn't have it, she'll have it on the next trip, believe me. More joy. I got to get going. John, John 12, 21. Uh, I don't have time. We went to, oh, remember this, this scripture? I don't have time for that. Let's just go on. Number four, you have, listen, when you don't have all the luggage, this is where I need my lapel. What happened to my lapel? They said they bought me one. I still haven't seen it. When you've got bags, see, when you have all these bags, you have no free hands. It's hard to worship with all those bags. Lord, I want to worship you, but all you can think about is what's, what you've got to face tomorrow. Lord, I want to worship you, but I'm just too depressed. Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm just tired. I worked 80 hours this week. I, I'm, I, I'm wore out. You have no hands free. Worship the Lord. I, I, I wish I had more time, but we, and we talked about this a couple times already. Jesus says, if you'll die to self, if you give up your life, I'll give you life. What we don't realize is that's two different Greek words. If you'll give up the zuke life, which is where we get the word psychology, if you give up, you don't give up who you are, but you give up all the baggage, all your will, all your junk, all your past. That's really, we sing that song, I'm trading my sorrows. If Really, he's saying when he died to self, he's not saying you cease to be an individual. It doesn't mean you have to give up all your hopes and dreams. No, no, no. Exactly the opposite. You just need to give up the zuke life, the natural life that's not getting you anywhere, and it's just baggage. Give up that life, and I'll give you the zoe life. I'll give you the eternal life, and he's not just talking about heaven. I'll give you life now. I'm giving you life. He said to Mary, he said, well, I know my brother will rise at the last day. Jesus said, no, no, no. I am the resurrection. There's resurrection life now. Now. Zoe life. I don't know about you, but I don't mind exchanging my junk, my weird zuke life for Zoe. I want to live in the life that changes not only me, but everyone around me. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, there's so much more here. I might have to move it on to next week. We need to live in the resurrected life. Max Lucado said this. He said, what you have in the shepherd is greater than what you don't have in your life. We're so caught up in what you don't have. If I only, if I only had this, if I only had more money, if I only had so-and-so's wife, if I, okay, they woke up. If I only had this, if I only had that, listen. What you have in the shepherd is greater than what you don't have. I think really the only reason Eve that bite of the apple because she didn't want to miss anything. I mean, she had every tree in the garden. It wasn't about, it wasn't like, a, I'm hungry. <laughs> no. Whenever you can't have something, that seems to be what you've got to have. Oh, if I just had that, my God, there's 
100,000 trees, and there's only one that you can't eat from, and you had to eat from that one? Really? The reason he wants you to drop your baggage is so that you can raise your hands. What's in your hands? Would you stand with me?